You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. This is the Saturday Scouting Report episode here for Big Blue View. We are coming to you on Championship Weekend. We've got a number of conference championships being played throughout the day, so we hope this serves as a a nice little taste for what is to come. Some fantastic games later. We'll discuss some of those games, but as we typically do with these Scouting Report shows, I, Joe DeLeon, and my co-host, Chris Flum are going to provide you with the latest draft prospect scouting report and it just so happens we picked a guy who may not be playing today but is still considered to be a first round edge prospect a position of need for the Giants that of course being Pay from Michigan now Pay is an interesting prospect and there are various outlets that are serious fans of his. We're not exactly on that that top 15 hype compared to some of these other sites and some of these other analysts, but we can definitely see the talent. We can see the impact. Six foot four, 271. He's a pretty big guy. We're going to talk a little bit more about the scheme fit a little bit later on, but Chris, you look at him physically. He's very, very lean. He's not really a fat 270 like we sometimes see with with various players playing this edge position that are closer to 270. But I would say I think he's likely maxed out at that 270, 272 number. Yeah, he, he might be able to get a little bit bigger, but I wouldn't expect him to play at much more than like 275 or so, at least not without losing any of his athleticism and yeah, you know, he is a fairly athletic prospect uh you know watching him he is very much a jim harbaugh defensive end you know we have seen a bunch of these guys come out in recent years all of them pretty much right around that six foot four six foot five uh 270 to 275 range uh he is similar i think to uh taco charlton Rachan gary these guys who are linearly very explosive that they they're going to measure in great at the scouting combine, you know, pretty much prototypical height, weight, length, all of those things. He's going to check a lot of boxes. And I think he's, I'm not, I'm not sure you can truly call him scheme versatile or scheme diverse, but he can play on either side of the, defensive line he did that in college he can stand up he can rush from like a wide nine alignment or all the way inside to potentially even being an inside rusher watching him on tape what stands out to me is his technique yeah 
a lot of people are going to be talking about his athleticism. Uh, he actually topped the annual preseason freaks list that Bruce Feldman puts out, supposedly running a four, five, seven, 40 yard dash, a six, three, I think six, three, nine, three cone drill and a 40 inch vertical. Personally, I didn't see any of those numbers on his tape, but what I did see was some surprisingly polished hand usage. Yeah, the hand usage is the is the one thing that I really want to emphasize here. That is his, his biggest strength, and it makes sense. It's coupled with a very high motor. I see a guy that busts his butt, that works very, very hard. He has a relentless approach to playing the edge position where he doesn't stop until the whistle's blown. There's not really a lot of plays where you can see him slow down towards the end of the play. He's a guy that will go until he's forced to stop by the parameters of a play. I like that about him. I think that that's what you want in an edge player, and it's something that you maybe would desire more from a guy like Gregory Rousseau. The only thing with that, you can't really use the motor to make up for the fact that he lacks the flexibility to be more explosive. Edge is one of those positions where you need twitch, you need fluidity and flexibility to go from being a, a good, strong edge player to being a an elite one, one that is unblockable. And what then carries over with those flexibility issues that I see, Chris, is I see a, a bad tendency to start to rise on some of these plays. He's got a really low stance, really low stance, which I absolutely love. But as the play starts to progress and pretty quickly into the play as he comes out of that stance, he starts attacking these offensive tackles way too high for for my comfort level. That is something that needs to be worked on. And sadly, more often than not, it's not something that is easily coached out of a player. Yeah, when you see guys who pop up right out of their stance, they have a tendency to just carry that through for the rest of their career. And it is frustrating because he does have a low stance. He starts a play with very good leverage. And you can see him get a push on offensive tackles. He gets good leverage with his hips and pad level. He gets good leverage leverage with his hands. He gets in tackles chest plates. He can control them. He can keep them from engaging with him. He does a good job of extending his arms, making use of his length. But then... It seems like his rushes always stall because he loses that leverage. The tackles are able to re-anchor. And then the play is, even though he keeps fighting, the play is pretty much over for him at that point. And as you say, with edge rushers, they're kind of like cornerbacks where you need to be a good athlete, a good all-around athlete to be an elite player. There really aren't any edge rushers, be a defensive end or outside linebacker, who are perennial double-digit sack producers, guys who just live in opponents' backfields, who can't bend an edge, guys who don't have that lateral agility, don't have that lower body flexibility to beat tackles around the edge with speed. And unfortunately, Pate doesn't really have that. I noticed some stiffness in his hips, definite stiffness in his ankles, and you could see him have to play high, take extra steps, slow down his rush when he was asked to cut an edge sharply. And he just doesn't have that cornering ability. He, he, you, you think about uh, 
Chase Young, Miles Garrett, Von Miller is probably the best in the NFL at it. Uh, TJ Watt, all of these guys have the ability to get low going around the edge. They almost look like they're running parallel to the ground rather than on the ground. And unfortunately, Pay just doesn't have that ability. And I notice sometimes when he tries to do that, he winds up on the ground. <laughs> yeah. And, and look, all the, the stuff that you just laid out there is perfect to point out. You need that flexibility, I think, to become a dominant edge player. And and I don't think that Quiddy Pay is not going to be a good football player. I think that he'll end up with a team that really fits his style of play and that wants a well-coached, technically sound defensive end. I just don't know if that's exactly what the Giants need right now. And, and I don't want to rush to talking about that yet. We're going to get to that after the commercial break. But that, that flexibility, the Twitch thing, worries me a tiny bit. I do think, though, again, like I said, he is going to have an impact in the NFL. He is going to be a guy that is perfect for a defense that just wants a, re- a relentless style player that defends the run very, very well. He's not exactly going to be a player who has 15 or pushes over 15 sacks a season. Instead, he'll probably be a 5-10 to set, ten sack guy, 10 on a really good year for him, but will rack up a lot of tackles for loss. He's going to be your best run defender on the outside. You're going to rely on him to play the strong side once he develops and grows a little bit more because he is such a really good run defender. Yeah, and he is a very disciplined player. It is very difficult for offenses to fool him. Like He doesn't bite too hard on play action. He keeps track of where the ball is when offenses throw eye candy at him, you know, jet motion, option plays. He keeps track of the ball and he is very faithful to his assignments and he doesn't get out of position. He is able to shed blockers to make tackles. Now his agility does hurt him there just a little bit, just because if a running back has a really good burst, they can get past him before he can put himself in position to make a good tackle. But like you said, he is going to be a very good run defender pretty much from the moment he enters the NFL. And if you're, he isn't going to be a fit for every defense, but if your defense needs a guy who can stand up blockers, who can make plays in his gap, then Quiddy Pay is going to be a very solid pick reasonably early in the draft. Yeah, solid is the key thing here. And the last thing I just want to wrap up with talking about him here, in terms of that awareness, I see a guy who can diagnose and read the things that are, are playing out in front of him. And I like guys that are not overreactive when they go unblocked. I see a guy that remains disciplined. And he plays down the line of scrimmage very, very well to track the football. That's a very strong trait. That's what you want with a, with your edge defender and for him to make plays against the run. Coming up, we're going to talk about his pro projection and why he might not exactly be the best fit for the Giants. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. 
And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. So Chris, I want to highlight here when discussing Quiddy Pay, the reason why I'm not really sure if he makes a lot of sense with the Giants right now is because this current lineup is a bit full up on outside defenders, edge defenders, more so the outside linebackers that are are good, strong run defenders. Kyler Fackrell, Lorenzo Carter was doing a really good job of playing the run. What's lacking for this Giants group is a de facto pass rusher. And I think if you're in the spot to draft Quiddy Pay, I don't know if you pull the trigger because you just be adding to a group that already fills those players. You need to go and get somebody who's going to be more of a pass rusher rather than a, a, a edge defending run player. Yeah, that is, I think, exactly what the Giants need. It's something we wind up saying almost every week, that they need speed off the edge. They need guys who can threaten the backfield, force offensive lines to have to account for them in their blocking schemes. And Pay, I don't think, is that player. Uh, To me, he kind of reminds me of Trey Flowers, Adrian Claiborne, maybe like a Derek Barnett, Brandon Graham at the top at the extreme top end you know as we said in the first half he's probably going to be somewhere in like a six to eight sack a year range and the Giants kind of already have those guys they've got guys along their defensive line who are big stout run defenders they've got some outside linebackers who can do a lot of the same things that pay does what they don't have is that guy who can set everybody else up as a pass rusher, who can get the defense off the field when they absolutely need to get off the field. A guy who can get home when the secondary isn't able to force the quarterback to hold the ball for five seconds. And I just don't think that is pays game. Yeah, I would like to see the Giants target maybe somebody who is a little bit smaller, a little bit more versatile, and less of maybe a classic 4-3 defensive end. Right, that's the that's the key thing for me. I, I would like to see somebody who is a little bit leaner. That 270 number is just way too big for working within this system. You need somebody who's more of a fluid pass rusher rather than a technically sound, disciplined run defender. We also would like to hit on, to wrap up today's show, some of the the key conference championship matchups that we're going to be watching this weekend. I'm going to tune into as many of these as I can. Some of these bump up against each other, so it's going to be a little tough, but I'm going to tune in again as as many of these as I can as possible. 14 Northwestern versus 4 Ohio State. That one is at 12 p.m. on Fox. Uh, 6 Iowa State versus Oklahoma, who's 10th in the country. That game is 12 p.m. on ABC. Notre Dame-Clemson, two versus three, deciding who ends up in the college football playoff. I am 100% watching that game, 4 o'clock on ABC. And then the night game, seven Florida, one Alabama. Can Florida possibly earn themselves a way into the playoff by upsetting Alabama? That one, again, 8 p.m. CBS. Chris, which of these games are you the most locked in on that you want to watch? I would have to say Notre Dame, Clemson, and then Florida, Alabama. At least from a draft perspective, they're the ones that are really the most interesting. Ohio State, you know, finding out what is up with Justin Fields, what kind of a prospect he is going to be at the quarterback position. You know, we don't know that the Giants will be looking there. Uh, probably not, but you know, we don't know for sure. That is a game to keep your eye on. 
I would say Iowa State Oklahoma is going to be a fun game to watch, but I'm not sure, at least from the Giants perspective, if that's one you have to watch. But Notre Dame Clemson, there's going to be a bunch of NFL prospects on the field. It that should be a really good game, just straight up good football being played. And then Florida, Alabama, we've been over both of these teams a bunch of times. Alabama is almost an NFL caliber team. Just there are NFL players all over the field on that squad. And then Florida with Kyle Trask, he is, he's got people's attention at the quarterback position. You know, part of that is just being a big, strong armed quarterback. People are always going to pay attention to those guys, but also Kyle Pitts, the we'll say hybrid tight end. He is probably the best receiver in college football right now. I know there are a lot of people who are looking at him as a receiver, not a tight end. He is going to be very interesting to keep an eye on, especially against this Alabama defense. Yeah, a lot of big matchups this weekend, especially the the big key thing you mentioned there, Chris. Ohio State not really having much of an opportunity to prove themselves this year because they've played so few games due to all of the cancellations because of COVID. So that's going to be an interesting storyline. And then a number of these prospects that you pointed out are in positions where they need to finish their season strong in the most important matchups of the season. Folks, that's it from us here on the Scouting Report episode. Be sure to hit that subscribe button if you enjoy the show also uh, stay tuned on sunday as we are going to be giving our instant reactions our thoughts positives and negatives as we always do after sunday night football when the giants play the cleveland browns please also go follow us on social media at joe DeLeon, at raptor mkii and at big blue view on twitter and instagram and head to bigblueview.com for more giants news and analysis. We'll talk to you on Sunday night, folks. Have a wonderful rest of your Saturday.